Welcome to a special NL full time. It's another midweek special. We, we felt we'd better cover it because there's lots of games across the three divisions in the National League. I'm Luke Edwards and joining us, somebody who, well, too many have had a stress-free evening not watching their own sides tonight. They've just been watching the results come through instead, although Rob has been at a game. So we'll bring him in first. Rob, I know you're uh, on your way home from a game. You've been uh, covering a game for BBC Surrey and it's not all the shot for once. No, and it's nice to watch a game, you know, without that sort of the emotions inside that you have to keep check of. Um, although, if I'm if I'm blatantly honest, um, I went to see uh, Borehamwood and Dorking, and I, and uh, I, I really wanted Dorking to to, um, to give a good account of themselves, and you know, maybe pick up some points tonight. They didn't, and I'm sure we'll come to that match in. In due course, but yeah, it's not just the players, you know, listeners that go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. We're at it now as well, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that was the longest intro ever, wasn't it? Speech from Rob. <laughs> sorry, sorry. The hell, man. I would have done anyway. A man who's been also watching uh, the scores coming in, and for once has had a quite, a, I imagine, quite a happy Tuesday evening. It's Dicky Wharton. Yeah. Good evening. Yeah. Uh, first Tuesday off in about three or four weeks I think and uh, yeah given the way results have been for Telford it's uh, yeah it's been just nice to watch uh, everybody else go through it for a change Internationally then we'll start off the big game the standout game was Wrexham against Chesterfield Chesterfield in, in poor form really although reading some of the comments they have been creating chances they've just not been taking them but they were behind of four minutes through Elliot Lee's goal and then Sandalby he's done a really good Scoring run of form at the minute. He scored right in the 45th minute. And Chesterfield got a goal back right in stoppage time. A first goal for the club for Ryan Colcuff in the 95th minute. But a, a good night for Wrexham, especially with Notts County not playing. They go top of the league. Yeah, fantastic. It's job done, isn't it? I mean, when you're Wrexham, yes, you've got that great home record. Not lost all season at home. yes. They were on the up after the weekend when they got the win and Notts County lost. But you've got it all to do again and no sharper reminder of that than Chesterfield coming to town. Um, admittedly, as you say, not in the best of form. It might be eight or nine without a win now for Chesterfield, which is worrying for their playoff hopes. Um, but of course, you know, not even having seen any of the action, I'll know that, you know, Chesterfield will have provided stiff opposition for Rex tonight and I'm sure Phil Parkinson will be uh, will be pleased to get across the line. Another three points in the bag. And as you say, now they're top on, uh, is it uh, one point, is it? And a game in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, game in hand, a point clear. And Dickie, you actually listened to this game, didn't you? Yeah, I did on the, on BBC Radio. I sort of came in part way through. Um very much got the impression that Wrexham dominated that first half and, you know, 2-0 up at half-time. It's, that, that's kind of what you would expect, really. Um, I think Chesterfield had a good go at it in the second half, to be perfectly honest. Um, obviously, the goals come too late to change anything. I think it was virtually the last kick of the game because they, they barely had time to restart before the whistle went. Um, I think there was a little bit of anxiety. They did hit the uh, the crossbar at one point. Um, uh, I think uh, Rob Layton actually had to, uh, to uh, turn uh, a ball onto the crossbar, which would have made things interesting. And, um, you know, they're talking about Phil Parkinson being out of the dugout, imploring the crowd to get behind the team and just sort of like make sure, you know, that, 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 that they got 
home in the end. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it was an absolutely routine victory, given, um, you know, Chesterfield, there was a reaction in the second half. But, yeah, it is job done, ultimately. The other game, which was, uh, well, I think hats off as well, Rob, to um, to Oldham, really. They went away to Barnet. Of course, you saw Barnet on Saturday to beat Aldershot, and we said, oh, maybe they're out of their little slump now. Well, they were defeated in the end by Oldham. Another good win for David Unsworth's side. And despite some of the fans' maybe complaints over style of play and, you know, the odd draw, they've only lost two of their last ten so it's been um, it's been a good solid uh, last few games for David Unsworth's side and, and a really good victory at Barnet. Yeah, hundred um, percent. If you if you're just looking at the uplift in points and positions in the league table, you've got to be delighted as an Oldham fan. They were right in the uh, relegation picture um, four or five weeks ago, and they've been just inching their way away from it. And tonight they really. That is a fantastic uh, three points to go to Barnet and do that. And obviously, I don't know the story of the match, but I was at uh, the Hive on Saturday and saw Barnet very efficiently um, deal with Aldershot Town, who've, who've been in you know a bit more of a force of late. Um, but yeah, uh, Oldham have just they've signed a lot of players, but they've just signed for me. Too many players of really good quality uh, proven at this level or even one or two of them above. Um, and I did come away from that one-all draw at the EBB, didn't I, about four or five weeks ago. And I said mm. to you boys, then, no, there's no way Oldham are going down. And, and they've, they've kind of indicated that comment since. Um, they'll be fine. And, and if they get it right, they, they could challenge at the other end next season. Yeah, Dickie, four wins in their last six and are now eight points clear of the drop zone. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it, it's a really uh, good turnaround from Oldham. Um, they got off to a really good start this evening. Uh, um, if you look on flash scores, it will say that their first goals credited to Alice Chapman. I've actually seen Mark Kitching, their defender, tweet after the game saying his first goal in two years and they've given it to somebody else. So Mark Kitching's clearly claiming that one for himself. Uh, yeah, there was an equaliser just before, um, half time from uh, Idris Kanu, but goals from uh, Mike Fondup and then Peter Clark, um, who'd come on uh, as a substitute in the second half um it saw them home yeah the disappointment from mark kitchen kitchen sink i'm guessing was uh <laughs> his feeling afterwards wasn't it so oldham as we mentioned eight points clear there they're a point clear now of halifax who as manager chris millington has been under pressure they were booed off on a saturday after they lost at home to maidenhead and they came up against wheelstone and we know halifax aren't big scorers wheelstone we've been praising this season for having a great season and I think that would have been a bit of a coupon buster, especially the scoreline, wouldn't it, Dickie? 5-0 to Halifax in the end and a good night for Jamie Stott. Yeah, it certainly wouldn't have been um, a scoreline. I think many people would have uh, predicted. I think that was Halifax's first win in the league in seven. They did um, have a penalty shootout victory over Maidenhead in the FA Trophy, but that's their only... Um, victory um, in the last few weeks, really. So, yeah, we wouldn't have seen this one coming. 
you mentioned Jamie Stott there. Yeah, he scored in the second minute of injury time at the end of the first half. And then by four minutes into the second half, he'd got himself another. So, yeah, 2-0 up, um, two goals from Stott. Then uh, a third one added really quickly by Jamie Cook in the 50th minute. Um, uh, Milenic Ali added one in the uh, second minute of injury time. And Tyler Golden in the fifth minute of injury time as well. So, yeah, a little bit of gloss put on it by those two late goals. You know, but... Um, uh, back to the drawing board for Stuart Maynard and Wheelston. You know, I don't think this is necessarily going to derail them. They've been going really well, but yeah, it's a bit of a bump in the road. No one's done that to Wheelstone, have they, this season? Not that I can remember. Um, that's a bit of an eye-catching result, and uh, it's given me a little bit of cause for concern because, of course, Halifax come to the EBB uh, in a couple of weeks for that uh, FA Trophy quarter-final. Uh, a real lift in there. Uh, form and a real feather in Millington's cap there uh, and a long journey home for Wheelstone. Yeah, and a cold Tuesday night up north. Uh, Rob, I'll hand, up, I'll hand easily over to you. I saw something today on Instagram about uh, when Lee Bradby came in, they were 19th easily. They're now in sixth position after their victory this evening over York City. Michael Kelly's goal in the 52nd minute. And I know we mentioned about the signings in the summer and we're a bit worried for him, but what a job Lee Bradbury's doing there. Yeah, we have to doff our cap to him. I think it was me that mentioned in the last pod or the last but one pod that Eastley have become the master of the 1-0 win. Um, and they've done it again tonight, haven't they? Um, uh, unbelievable, really. Um, for me, I just like I said, a couple of times I've seen them, I've just not really, not really seen, but they've got They've got a nice habit, keeping a lot of clean sheets and nearly always finding a goal from somewhere. Um, fair play to them. They are right in that um, in that playoff picture, aren't they, Easley? And Southend Dickey, they're in that last playoff place. Now, they didn't play in this midweek round of fixtures, but a massive victory for them off the pitch. It certainly looks that way, yeah. I mean, we're, we're hearing today that, um, uh, that certainly... Players have been paid what they were uh, owed for January, and that the uh, the debt they owe to HMRC um, has been resolved. So that the, the threat that was hanging over them um, with the winding up order, which was due to be heard in the, in court tomorrow, looks like it's going to be averted. Um, I, I don't think I, I've seen something from Chris Phillips, so I think we're still hoping to get on the podcast at the weekend saying. It doesn't particularly feel like a cause for celebration because the same people are still in charge ultimately. So, you know, the fear is that this is just staving it off and, you know, a similar position could be, um, you know, just a few months down the line. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big boost in terms of, you know, they are in that playoff position. And if they've uh, they've managed to get this sorted just for a while at least anyway I mean it gives them hope that you know they, they might be able to get into those end of season playoffs um, and give themselves a real boost Yeah two teams are wanting to get in the playoffs are Bromley and Boreham both won against relegation threatened sides Bromley won 2-1 away at Torquay Omar so won the opener scoring in the 35th minute Aaron Jarvis equalised on 78 before and Adam Marriott penalty gave Bromley all three points and then the game you were at Rob Boreham Wood they took on Dark and then it was a narrow win for them it was a very narrow win as narrow as they come for Boreham Wood I can't really praise Dorkin enough 
I can only praise them as much as you can praise any team that put in a really good performance but didn't score and didn't get any points. I really feel for them tonight. Um, and it wasn't just me that thought that. After the game, I caught up with the Boreham Wood manager, Luke Garrard. Luke, I thought as a bystander in the first 10 minutes, I thought, I wonder how many Wood are going to get today. But respect to Dorking, they got themselves back in the game and, and they gave you a really good game, didn't they? Didn't just get back in the game, they dominated the game. I felt they were the team that had the ascendancy. I felt that they were the team that were having a lion's share of the game, the possession, the yardage. I'd have said in our interview for the club website that the best team lost this evening. I'm not an idiot. I don't try and paper over the cracks. I did say to my team, well done. Two back-to-back home wins, two clean sheets, which is still very positive, but we will be addressing a lot on Thursday because we need to improve. We have to be better in terms of... We had opportunities tonight, a lot of opportunities, and it's still only one goal to our name. Yet, we are defensively very sound, and it's nice that we've got another clean sheet, but I'm not foolish. We need to be better when when playing against sides like that. And uh, forgive my ignorance, who have you got Saturday, Luke? Oldham, who I believe, have just gone and beat Barnet 3-1. Yeah, I've watched them their last two games against Chesterfield and Gateshead, and... They can cause you problems. And you see that, no disrespect, Barnet are no mugs. Barnet, for me, are the, the team that have been performing superbly this season. And to go to Barnet and beat them 3-1 is an unbelievable achievement. And if we perform like that on Saturday, we won't be leaving Oldham with anything. It's a fair point. I completely concur. Um, we're entering what I call the silly season, really, where you might as well forget the league table when you're matching up against sides because... The sides scrapping away down the bottom start to pick up points. They start to beat the, you know, the other teams, don't they? As well, you've been in this game a little while now, Luke. We've spoken over the last four or five seasons. What you have got um, by hook or by crook coming into the the home straight, if you like, the last whatever it is, eleven, twelve games. You're right on the edge of those playoffs. You're point two, sh- two points shy of it. That's all. You're in the you're you're in the mix, and you'd want to. When you started at the season, um, you'd have been pleased to be in and around that spot at this point, wouldn't you? Listen, I had a conversation with my chairman the other day and he said to me, remember the conversation about the start of the season? If we could have another FA Cup run and don't put pressure on me and get in terms of looking around the relegation zone, then brilliant. I think we surpassed that. We had another unbelievably good cup run in getting to the third round, three years in a row. And I think that, yeah, I don't know what the other scores were. The Eastley scores, the Wildstone scores, so on and so forth. So I don't know what the buffer is or how close we are to it. But we've got to control what we can control we got to go to Oldham now and back up and have another nine-point week. And that's what we'll be aiming to do. And like I said, they're a very good side. They've got a good manager. They've got great, great personnel in their ranks. The team, in terms of you see their squad numbers, they're up to 45, 46 because that's the personnel they're bringing in. But, yeah, it's nice to be in and around it. But it's not nice to be in and around it now. It'd be nice to be in and around it at the end of the season. Yeah, Darkin level on they're in the bottom four, but the level on points with Gateshead and Yeovil, but they're in that bottom four because virtual because they've conceded about five hundred more goals than everyone else, haven't they? But uh, yeah, that's, they're, they're, that's they're, the issue for him, isn't it? Well, it is. It wasn't tonight, that's for sure. Um, they got a minus twenty nine goal difference, and uh, you know when Yeovil scored a goal in their game. Uh, it wasn't just a point they got. Uh, they moved up two or three places in the table because they got a, a better defensive record, but the same number of points. We'll take a look at that bottom end of the league table in just a bit. But um, no, I, I think it's a massive opportunity missed for talking tonight. Um, 
When the game started off, Warren Wood, in the first 10 or 15 minutes, they scored after six. Um, Femi and Lasanmi got the goal. And to be honest, they, they, they got through into the final third with an overload two or three times. And I thought to myself quietly, oh my goodness, how many of Warren were going to score tonight? Um, but Dorking got a platform in the game. They finished the first half really strongly, had a couple of half chances. And in the second half, they were far and away the better team. Um, and uh, Brian Seeger should have scored. Uh, Pryor got up at the far post, beautiful knockdown header to set him. Uh, and then when he could have gone at goal, either side of Ashmore, he headed over the bar. Maybe just got his timing wrong there. Um, and the most impressive talking player on the night for me came on early in the second half, Bobby Joe Taylor. Uh, cut in on, on his right foot, not his stronger foot. A beautiful curling effort. It had so much curl on it. I thought it got to nestle in the corner, but somehow it just whistled past Nathan Ashmore's left hand post. A bit of an off night for Boreham Wood, if I'm honest. And it says everything about them and everything about Luke Garrard that there's a manager talking about his team not playing that well and delivering all three points. Back-to-back home wins with clean sheets. He has congratulated his players, as he said in the audio. Um, But uh, so, so frustrating for Mark White, who again has to come home with no goals and no points. But I do think if they keep performing like that, chaps, then they've got every chance of, uh, of, of making a real fight for staying up. Did Dorky's new signings make a difference for them defensively? I know they brought in a bit of experience, haven't they? Yeah, um, Tony Craig, isn't it, at the back, played. And, uh, yeah, Steady led led the defensive line well, well backed up by Dan Gallagher, who was playing uh, on the evening. They had their injury concerns again, unfortunately, Dorking. Um, Briggs, who they've waited a long time to have back, just niggly hamstring from the Wrexham game and... Cook, one of the other defenders as well. They missed out, but um, they've still got a a reasonable-sized squad. I think the thing for me that doesn't add up is this. They have the second-most crosses in the league. They've now got Jason Pryor back, who I think will be as good in the air as most players in this division. Obviously, he um, he hasn't played too much at this level, Jason Pryor. He's always made the decision to stay part-time and stay in the South, hasn't he, when the teams he's played for has gone up. Um, the only criticism I've really got of talking, they got into the position to put a lot of crosses in, put the crosses in, but they put them too close to Nathan Ashmore, who spent most of his evening just plucking crosses out of the sky uh, with relative ease. He looked good as ever. And the one time he spilt the ball, unfortunately for talking, there wasn't a wondrous player on hand. So they're going to have to suck it up and swallow it. They are in the bottom four talking now, but they're a long way from adrift and, uh, you know, there's still uh, more than double figures games to go. Yeah, and as Rob mentioned there, Yeovil's equaliser meant that they moved a couple of places up the league. It was a Jordan Maguire penalty after James Jones had been sent off in the 77th minute. James Jones had actually given Audrey the lead in the 22nd minute. Uh, Joe was there tonight. He sent me a quick message saying that Altingham were very good first half. Called them superb. Said two or three plays far too good for this league. But then it was a deserved point for Yeovil. Should have had three. Story of the season. Couldn't turn pressure into goals. So a shoot of improvement there for Yeovil. And as Dickie's pointed out, as we mentioned, it was easily he beat York. York slipping towards the, the danger zone there. And 
still no permanent manager for them as well. So there's lots of twists and turns down at that bottom, isn't there? There certainly is. And, uh, you know, it's interesting and challenging times for York City, isn't it? You know, they haven't um, made an appointment managerial-wise. You know, with the players they've got, um, there may or may, you know, there may be some. I think there are some that are contracted for next season as well. But players' futures is very difficult to, to sort out when you don't know what division you're going to be in and when you haven't got a manager. So, you know, they're still treading water and they need to be careful. Halifax had been that mid-table team dropping towards the relegation zone, but their 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 win was almost worth four points tonight, wasn't it? A huge boost to their goal difference. Um, and York City, yeah, they're not out of danger yet. Yeah, it's, if you look at the table, I mean, I, I know a few weeks ago, that I, I think I, I definitely did say that, you know, I wondered if some of the York fans were perhaps overreacting a bit to, to uh, uh, John Askey's uh, departure. Um, they were talking about, oh, look, looks like National League North for us again next season, which I thought, you know, is a, a bit dramatic. But, you know, maybe now they'll be feeling that, that those fears weren't unfounded. They're uh, they're on 36 points. There's three teams immediately below them on 33. And each of those teams has got at least one, if not two games in hand on them. So if those teams immediately below them, um, Yeovil, Gateshead and Dorking, um, were to actually pick up any points in those, uh, the, the games in hand certainly wins, then yeah, all of a sudden York are right in here and, and they're a bottom four team. And John, John Askew won't be going back to York because... You haven't seen he's he's been appointed manager at Hartlepool United and he's trying to keep them in the EFL down at the bottom. The bottom two met Scunthorpe remained six points behind the bottom four in the Mason and Scunthorpe. The game it, it was a draw and it does neither of them any good. It was Sam Bone who put Maidstone ahead in the thirty third minute. Jacob Butterfield equalised in the first minute of the second half. And Maidenhead, they got a good win over managerless Dagenham and Redbridge. Dagenham and Redbridge looking to follow up that result against Notts County. Went ahead through Samling on the 25th minute. Then Ashley Nathaniel George, who scored the winner on Saturday, got the equaliser before Emil Aqua got the second goal. And Rob, we talked about it on Saturday, but that's exactly why Dow McMahon's probably not in a job and why Dagenham aren't going to get in the playoffs because they're just so inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, it's never easy to go to York Road, but it is typical of Dagenham. Go and beat Notts County on a live TV game and then go and lose to Maidenhead. But I think they were doing all right at nil-nil. The mistake they made tonight, Dagenham was scoring, because I don't know if you chaps saw it. (laughs) Pretty soon after the goal, it was bang, bang. Double dev. Double dev. Brilliant. I finally quit. I can keep up with my kids now. I feel like I've got my life back. It's an amazing feeling when you stop smoking and you can experience it for yourself. Our range of free support can help you quit for good. From our app to emails, face-to-face support and online communities. Search Smoke Free. Better health. Let's do this. And in the National League South, we we pinpointed this fixture as one to watch. Farmer against Ebsfleet and it it certainly lived up to the billing. Farmer were leading at half-time through a Jordan Norville Williams goal. But then it was the Albanian under-21 international, Franklin Domi, who got them level. Hayden Hollis got them ahead. But then in the last minute of the game, Harry Parsons got a level at Farnborough. And that defeat on Saturday was just a little blip for them. And they made it tough for Ebsley, as we expected. 
Yeah, they'll be gutted though. I mean, obviously, they you know they, they need points for themselves, Farnborough. Um, I, I, I think they'll you know they'll come out with some credit from that uh, tonight. But uh, you know, they having just got within kind of five or six points of the playoffs, they've now uh, had a, 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 a defeat and uh, a draw, and you know just lost a little bit of momentum. But fair play to Epsley. I mean. It is that stage of the season now where obviously supporters and manager etc. They won't they won't need to wax lyrical about performances week in week out. Just about getting the job done, getting the next three points on board. When you don't play well, or you come up against good opposition on the day. Make sure you get out of there with a point, and um, they're they're well on track. And it's it's very difficult to see anything or anyone derailing them now. Yeah, the 14 points clear of Dartford, who didn't play. Oxford City didn't play either. They're in third. And haven't Waterlooville are in fourth. And they lost yet again, so they didn't make any ground up. They lost 1-0 away at Dover. Luke Winardio with the winner there. And, Dickie, I know you posted on our WhatsApp group this week, didn't you, about having at Waterlooville. Uh, Kieran Maguire, who you follow very closely on Twitter, has posted their figures up on Twitter. Uh, yeah, uh, the the Haven and Waterlooville accounts uh, were published this week, so uh, I can't pretend to know, um, uh, you know, how how good or bad they look. Uh, it, it does seem to suggest that there's, uh, you know, they are losing money, but I don't think they'd be unique in doing that. Um, I think their concern tonight would just be losing points. Um, it's uh, it's funny. Earlier in the day, I actually saw a post from a Haven and Waterlooville fan. Um, uh, asking people to estimate what time he thought Jim Parmenter would call the game off this evening at Dover, which I thought, well, that's a little bit cheeky, really. I thought because haven't are in great form. I think Dover had won their last couple or something. And I thought to myself, why wouldn't Dover fancy playing you this evening? And and that's been borne out by the result, actually. You know, so, uh, yeah, there's one haven't Waterlooville fan out there with egg on his face this evening after uh, those comments. Rob, there's still... um... They've still got two games in hand on Oxford and they've got a game in hand on Dartford. The seven points behind Dartford, but they're not in great form as the season-end approaches, are they? No, they're not. I mean, they've, they've got to make the best of, of, of a poor and difficult situation, haven't they? They've got to make sure that they they uh, get enough points to, to finish at least in the playoffs and then give themselves, you know, a chance to go again. But, uh, yeah, I... I'm not close enough, if I'm honest. You know, you, you guys all know and the listeners know I'm watching National League football week in, week out. I, I don't know enough about the ins and outs of it. I do know that, you know, Doswell had a really good reputation as a manager. But there's been a bit of a, a feeling, I think Tom, you know, who, who watches National League South football all the time, is kind of hindered a, a few times. It's just not a, a match that ever really feels like it's properly worked out, has it? Doswell down at Havington or Louisville. No, three defeats on the spin for them now as well. Um, Worthing couldn't make ground up either on uh, having it in Waterlooville. They could only draw in the end. They had a chance to leapfrog them, but they only drew 1-1 away at Chippenham, although they were down to 10 men. They were leading through Mohamed Dabre. He later got sent off in between that. Alex Bray equalised for Chippenham. And it's a result, as I say, that does neither side any good. Chippenham remain fourth bottom. Worthing remain fifth. As I say, they could have gone above Haven and Oxford City with a win this evening. Staying behind them are Braintree. They didn't play either. And Chelmsford are in seventh. 
they didn't play either. So there was only really having a Waterlooville and Worthing in the top seven who played this evening. And behind them, there was a good win for Eastbourne Borough. They won at Taunton. It was back-to-back home defeats now for Taunton after not having, I think, after having only one defeat in the last two years at home. They've had back-to-back defeats now, as I mentioned. Hemel on a decent run as well. Uh, Brad Quinton doing a, a good job there. It was an own goal by Jamie Sendles White in the end there, which saw Hemel Hempstead get the three points down at Welling. And uh, Scotty Davis, who we know well, Rob, well, they were at home to Bath and they lost by three goals to nil. And at nil-nil, Scotty Davis got a straight red card. And then from there, it went downhill. It was uh, two goals from Scott. Wilson and James Martin also got on the score sheet. So not a good night for Scotty Davis after a high at the weekend. The highest of highs, scoring and winning for the team that he player manages on Saturday. And then, you know, I don't know the circumstances. I don't know, you know, whether it was unfortunate or whatever. But clearly, coming in the 50th minute, he's sent off, his side are down to 10 men, and then they concede three goals in the remainder of the match. Um and, uh, yeah, it will be an absolute sickener for Scotty tonight. As I say, I don't know the story of it. But uh, the other result which caught my eye, which I don't think you've mentioned, um, on the back of a couple of wins, back-to-back wins to pull them clear of trouble, Hampton and Richmond Borough took on Tunbridge Angels tonight. Mm. And you might have thought that was an excellent opportunity to go and get a third win. But you would have been underestimating Tunbridge Angels to say that because they are a decent side these days, aren't they? And that win, that 1-0 win for Tunbridge Angels down at Hampton and Richmond leaves them one place and one point outside the playoff picture. And, you know, it's just a phenomenal achievement. I don't know if either of you chaps have been to Tunbridge. I've been. It doesn't feel like the National League South Club. It feels about two or three rungs below that in terms of its infrastructure and its setup. But my goodness me, they have, they've, they've been punching above their weight to be at that level. Then they've punched above their weight to stay at that level. And now look what they're doing. Business end of the season, into the last 10, 11 games or so, and they're right in the playoff picture. Yeah, I've been past the ground once, I think. But yeah, I know what you mean. But I think the big help for them this year is they've got an experienced manager in Jay Saunders. And also, they've got a 3G pitch down there now, which is always tougher people to go but uh, also um, it generates revenue for the football club as well because there'll be people playing on it which means the wage budget will be able to go there be able to attract better players so they're obviously all of a sudden thinking do you know what we can give this a bit of a shot at maybe not this season but then next season at having a go in the National League and as you say Rob they've played a game more than Chelmsford and Braintree uh, they're only a point behind Chelmsford and four behind Braintree. Uh, Dickie's just informed me as well that Scott Davis uh, handled the ball on the line, which is why he got sent off. So. Yeah, I just had a quick look okay. through Slave's Twitter feed. And uh, yeah, 46 minutes, a raking effort from Scott Davis is tipped away by Harris. So Scott had one saved. Four minutes later, uh, Davis receives a red card after tipping a goal-bound strike off the line. So having seen one saved at the other end, he actually went and saved one at the other end and got himself a red card. So yeah. We're going to move on and look at the National League North and the top two were in action and uh, differing fortunes. It's filed again. who were back in pole position, aren't they, Dickie? They took on Farsley 
who were down in the bottom four. And also, Kingsland were at home to Buxton, but different fortunes for both in the end. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, it's an advantage filed at the top now. Um, with the results this evening, Fylde have taken a two-point lead and uh, do have a game in hand. They had a, what sounded like a reasonably comfortable 3-1 win against Farsley. All the goals in the first half, um, they took a lead through Sayabonga Ligenza. Uh, Connor Barrett added the second on 24 minutes. Tom Allen did get a goal back for Farsley. Um, but yeah, Will Hatfield, he's not a regular starter for file, but he got the uh, third goal in the third minute of injury time at the end of the first half. No goals in the second half, but, um, you know, job done for file um, in the first 45 um, not quite so easy for Kings Lynn this evening. They did lead through Aaron Cosgrave. Uh, they were at home to Buxton. But uh, Diego de Girolamo has been on fire for Buxton lately. He got an equaliser in the 62nd minute. Uh, that pegged back Kings Lynn uh, and has basically led to, to filed opening up that gap at the top. And eighth game unbeaten for Buxton as well. So it, it, it's hard to say that Kings Lynn weren't necessarily... Um, aware of the, the the threat that Buxton had, but you know, um, after after that three three draw and coming from three one down on Saturday, whether there was a bit of complacency in Kingsland, I don't know. But yeah, it's certainly not the the side to be complacent against at the moment in Buxton because they're on a great run of form. Chester have shot up to third, haven't they? They've gone both above Scarborough and Brackley. Brackley didn't play in this midweek round of fixtures. Scarborough played Monday night away at Bradford Park Avenue, and what was quite a a bizarre set of circumstances. Bradford Park having you put a tweet out saying the league wouldn't grant our request to postpone the game. We've got several players injured. They have a COVID case as well. A couple suspended. I think they had to play a couple of academy players, fill the bench with academy players and have assistant manager Danny Boschel on the bench. However, they managed to get a nil-nil draw against Scarborough and then Chester went and won two on at Hereford, which, as I said, puts Chester now in third. Yeah, I mean, Scarborough will be, you know, looking at that as a missed opportunity last night. Yeah, it's a point on the road, and I know it's it's hard to, um, that's not to be sniffed at, but given the, the, the strength of the lineup that Bradford Park Avenue had had to put out and also that the form they're in, I think Scarborough will feel that's a missed opportunity. Chester taking uh, advantage of that this evening. Um, I think the same score as the scored for them on the weekend. Charlie Caton uh, put them ahead in the 59th minute at, at Hereford. Uh, Thierry Latifairweather, he's on loan, I think, from Burton Albion. He got uh, an equaliser in the 75th minute. But then, you know, that awful sinking feeling you get when having just got back into a game and you concede almost straight away well that was Hereford this evening Kurt Willoughby scoring just four minutes after Latty Fairweather's goal and that was enough for Chester to take all three points back up the English border to uh, Chester I'm a fan of Latty Fairweather <laughs> a Fairweather friend that's the one yeah that's Is the it- one talking of Hereford as well they've, they've obviously made um, a managerial appointment we, we mentioned about Jan Kuklowski's was in caretaker charge and they've announced he's in charge till the end of the season now. Yeah, they have. They've extended um, his spell as manager um, until the summer. I mean, I I can't help but feel that that's tied into the fact that the, the chairman has just stepped down as well and that, you know, it's quite hard to actually make a, an appointment as manager when the chairman that he's going to be answering to, um, when that position's not filled as well. And, you know, they've, they've put some decent results together under him. So um, I, I think that uh, seems a fairly sensible way forward for Hereford. Um, obviously, we're not going to expect to see anything happen until after the season's finished now. 
Yeah, Charlie, it was a missed opportunity for them. They took on Boston at home, Boston, who are in the relegation battle, and it was a big win for the Lincolnshire side. It was, yeah. This wasn't a result that many people would have predicted this evening, given how difficult it is to, to take anything away from Chorley. Um, Chorley had the lead as well this evening as well. Harvey Smith um, uh, famously named always makes me think of the show jumper when I see his name written down there. Um, that's probably just giving away my age. He gave them the lead in the 22nd minute. Uh, Jake Wright equalised a couple of minutes before half time and it was 1-1 at the break but then very very quickly Boston jumped into a 3-1 lead they were 3-1 up by the 53rd minute right again scoring in the 51st and then Billy Chadwick a couple of minutes later Connor Hall he's a, a perennial scorer for Chorley he got a goal back with 13 minutes left but they couldn't get uh, the goal that they needed to, to make it on as even yeah and big big three points that for Boston down towards the bottom yeah, and it was it was um, a big night as we've been mentioning in the relegation zone in the National League North. Eventually, it's going to probably go to the end of the season. Kettering won, as I mentioned, Boston United won, Leamington and Banbury could only draw, couldn't they? Yeah, they could. Yeah, Kettering uh, got a good one nil win over Curzon Ashton, Keaton Ward, um, getting the goal for them in that game. Banbury against Lamington, this sounded like an eventful one. Uh, Jack Stevens put Banbury ahead in the 11th minute. Um, but I'm all right, Jack. Jack Edwards equalised for Lemington in the 37th. Um, then there was a goal from the Bulgarian Slavi Spazov. He's on loan from Oxford United to Banbury. He put them ahead just after the hour. But Dan Turner, he got their goal at Telford last week in a 1-1 draw. And he got their uh, equaliser this evening in the 80th minute. So, um that's another decent point for, for Lemington. Um, I'm sure they probably would have uh, preferred to have the win if they could have got it, obviously. But, um, yeah, given their situation, that's not, a, that's not a bad result at all for them. So, Kettering are on 41 points. Um, so, they are now seven points clear of Lemington in that last playoff play. So, are we saying it's Boston, between Boston, Blythe, Lemington, Bradford and Farsley? For the relegation spots, obviously not including Telford in there as well. <laughs> I think we're, people seem to be looking at that one as a given, and uh, that's probably not unfair. Um, yes, I would think so. You know, three tides, three sides tied on forty-one. Southport, Peterborough Sports, and Kettering. I, I would be looking over my shoulder if I was Peterborough Sports. They they lost two one at home this evening. Uh, Johnson Guyamfi gave him the lead against Gloucester, but two goals from Kieran Phillips either side of half time in the forty fifth and the fiftieth minute um, gave Gloucester all three points from that one. Um, and yeah, Peterborough Sports his form isn't great. Obviously, they had the departure of manager Jimmy Dean. Dean, I think they will probably be far enough clear not to be drawn into it, but. They could do with picking up a win or two soon just to make them breathe more easily, I think. Yeah, so do you think sort of 41 is the cut-off point? I mean, at Buxton on 42, do you think 42 is the cut-off? I think Buxton, I think with Buxton, the form they're in, I think they're looking out, or, or uh, I think they're, they'll be safe now. Um, I, there always seems to be somebody who drops in late, doesn't there? And I'm, I'm just my gut says that that's Peterborough at the moment with with what's going on at the club. Um, but yeah, I think it's the clubs you've mentioned there. They are certainly the ones in the fight. I wouldn't see anybody else being drawn into it. Excellent. Well, that is it. Thank you very much for joining us. My um, thanks to Dickie and Rob this evening. We'll be back at the weekend when hopefully, as we say, Chris Phillips will be joining us. 
to talk about the South End situation. So give us a follow on Twitter at NL Full Time. It's the same on Instagram. And have a great week.